The Public Health Service, a branch of Health and Human Services, is tasked with responding to disease outbreaks, caring for prisoners, and responding to natural disasters. Congress decided the service needed a Reserve Corps a few years ago, but legislative issues kept the Reserve from actually getting started. This year, Congress is trying to fix that. Federal News Network Scott Mossioni spoke with John McGillicott, Deputy Executive Director of the Commissioned Officers Association of the U.S. Public Health Service, about new bicameral and bipartisan legislation. The language would provide a technical fix to an existing authorization for a Ready Reserve Corps. The Affordable Care Act had authorized a Ready Reserve Corps, essentially a reserve component of this uniform service, but it didn't provide a technical fix to actually pay people who would be serving in it. And that's what this language is all about. It's language that would conform existing legislation and actually allow Health and Human Services, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, to create a real reserve component and recruit people to be in it, have them deploy to uh, domestic national emergencies, to backfill positions of active duty members if they're the ones who are called. It would be going back to something similar to what we had in the past. There used to be a reserve component for the public health service. Um, It went away, and we're trying to recreate that because we know it's needed. Tell me a little bit about why we would need a reserve corps like this. So, um, you know, there's obviously the reserves in the the Marines and reserves for the Army. What does this do and what does this bring to the, the public health service at this point? If you look at the other services, and I happen to serve in the Army Reserve, I'm an officer in uh, the Civil Affairs Branch for the Army. The other services, they do have medical commands. The Army has a medical command, the Air Force, uh, the Navy, the people who are, are corpsmen, or Navy corpsmen actually serving in the Marine Corps. The Coast Guard does not have its own medical or dental service. All of those members providing medical and dental care for the Coast Guard, those are actually public health service service members. The other medical departments, their main job, their mission is force protection and being able to deploy to potential war zones and helping to support the other war fighters execute their missions and engage with and destroy our enemies wherever they are. The public health service has a different mission, uh, which is to protect, promote, and advance the health and safety of the nation. And their job is not force protection. So it's quite different. It's more, uh, I, I would say, basic and fundamental public health work. They're providing direct clinical care to some patients, but they're also doing a lot of preventive activities. They also work on the regulatory side, do education. They, they run all of the health programs in the country. There's somewhere for every health issue that Americans care about, there is a public health service officer somewhere in that pipeline, somewhere in that, that federal health system helping to work that issue. And a reserve component for the public health service would help to backfill positions of active duty or regular core members if they're called upon directly, uh, just as we have Army Reserve members who can help backfill positions for active Army. You know, we work in tandem and we will sometimes rotate um, positions, you know, rotate on deployments or exercises for training. The same thing could happen in a public health service reserve component, because eventually those people who are active due to a regular corps will have to go back to their day jobs. Um, it's, you know, too much of a stretch, especially for the largest case, I think, in using reserve component members in a public health service would be in locations like the Indian Health Service, the Bureau of Prisons, possibly the Coast Guard, where 
the patients and populations being served are in high demand, and we don't have a lot of people providing that care. In some remote locations of Alaska, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, where there's the only pharmacist, the only physician or nurse in some Indian health hospital or clinic, that supervisor for that physician or that hospital would often say, I know that you're needed somewhere else for a deployment, but I really can't let you go. I need you here to take care of patients for a good reason. And having a reserve component to backfill those positions, or if that reservist would be called upon directly for his or her skills, that's a great capability that we don't have right now that Health and Human Services would like to have. We don't know exactly all of the people who, who could be recruited to a reserve component of the Public Health Service. The current makeup of the Public Health Service Commission Corps includes 11 professional categories. So those are physicians, dentists, nurses, therapists, pharmacists, health services, environmental health, dietitians, engineers, veterinarians, and scientists. Uh, so it's quite a range, and it really allows them to play a role in every health issue that is, is being worked at the federal level. And so I think there are a lot of Americans who, as civilians, who may have prior service and still have a couple of years that they could serve if they want to work mainly domestically, um, would be willing to sign up for something like this. And um, I think this would be at a very, very low commitment compared to the other services, um, very unlikely for anyone serving in a public health service reserve component to go to any war zone. Uh, that's not their main mission. Um, so I think if, if people had some kind of health, public health or clinical care background and they wanted to serve their own communities in a federal uniform, I think this would be a great way to go. But uh, Americans listening would look out in the next, next couple of years to come any information about a future public health service ready reserve corps um, and try to sign up for it. And, you know, you mentioned that this is sort of from a prior authorization. Within that authorization, you know, did it talk at all about uh, the numbers or the size of this, this core, uh, what it might be and what some of the requirements might be? It does not. The legislation does not talk about numbers. Uh, however, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar, has approved a plan to grow the regular core, the active duty side, from about 6,300 today up to about 7,500. That will take money and take time, and how long, I don't know. And also authorizing the reserve component, the Ready Reserve Corps, to grow to about 2,500 people. That will also take money and time. We could go, at some point, from a, an end strength of 6,500 regular active duty members to something around 10,000, a mix of active and reserve. So this seems like not only does it have congressional support, but it also has executive support as well. That's right. Speaking of Congress, you know, it's not exactly the, the time that uh, bills are being passed right now, at least in this, this climate. You know, this does have, as you said, bicameral and bipartisan uh, support. What are the chances of this making it through or being folded into another bill? You know, we do have the appropriations bills coming up, all those, those types of things. Right. Well, we don't see any opposition to it. So I'll say that uh, we've built quite a coalition of organizations, traditional public health organizations, who support this and see value in having a reserve component and passing this legislation into law, plus our fellow members of the military coalition, of which my association is one of the uh, 33, 34 approximate members, and those are all the veteran and military service organizations. And so all of our combined efforts for advocacy and lobbying are behind this. Um, 
the Congressional Budget Office has scored the bill and previously indicated that it does not have a, a an impact on direct spending. So there would not be a pay for. Um, we do have bipartisan support. And seeing no opposition, I think this is a bill that could easily pass. Um, it recently got out of the Senate Help Committee and was passed favorably. In the House, we're waiting it for uh, to be heard in the Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, but staff on both minority and my, uh, majority sides have previously indicated that there would be nothing stopping it. Um, so, yes, we do need to find a vehicle for this to go forward. Um, but I think we have our champions on the Hill who would be carrying that water for us and finding some vehicle to pass it. John McGilligot, Deputy Executive Director of the Commissioned Officers Association of the U.S. Public Health Service. Speaking with Federal News Network, Scott Mossioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there, sharing plates with... Just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. 